0: Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Concerts that made us interviews and stories tales from the bus. We love taking you back to when it all went down. The greatest live shows and the cheering crowd sound. It's concerts. Concerts that made us. Concerts that made us Com.
2: This is Mariana.
3: And audio from Project Renegade.
2: And you're listening to Concerts That Made Us.
0: you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us.
2: Nice to meet you.
0: Thank you for having us. It's great to have you now. I'm looking forward to diving into your music over the next bit. So you guys released your sophomore album, Ultra Terra, back in July. I love the themes behind the album. Can you tell us all about it?
3: Oh, well, uh, you know, coming off of our previous album, Order of the Minus, uh, I think we wanted to really hone in on what we were trying to say as we were, you know, we were a very young band at the time and uh, I think we, uh, we wanted to uh, really hit home with our message. So we decided, you know, that what we were all about in our lives at, the, at that specific point, we were, you know, uh, very concerned about how uh, mankind progresses into a you know a more technological uh, path that you know is designed to, in theory, um, just try to help you know give us a, a life of you know of convenience. But then again, as human as human beings, we're you know born to be active beings in this world. And this, you know, all this technological advancement just ends up pacifying us and trying to control us into losing our critical thinking and uh, mostly try to just trying to just, yeah, just, you know, pacify the public and we just blindly follow that trend and we don't deal with things that we should you know, we should deal with like, you know, political corruption or, you know, or the degradation of humankind and we just wanted to have, you know, a full message, you know, leave no stone unturned into what we are trying to achieve here. So, that pretty much covers it in the general idea of the whole thing? I don't know, Mariana, if you want to add to that, you know, be a little bit more specific.
2: Um, What we wanted pretty much to say is just pose the questions and, uh, you know, get people uh, into thinking a little bit about what's going on today and where, uh, you know, um, where we're headed. Um, Just start the conversation, I should say, because, you know, technology is like um, something neutral and progress most of the time is something that is, you know, advantageous and positive. But sometimes, you know, people um, people abuse it and people um, try to profit out of everything. And, you know, being here in Greece uh, in the last uh, two decades, I think we know that thing has been made a bit more clear to us. You know, um, we've been through a lot. Uh, we're still going through a lot. I don't know if you've seen the news, but, you know, the past... Um, uh, week and but we had a major um disaster here uh, from uh, flooding and uh, a lot of you know also fires and stuff like that and you know um we just wanted to 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 pose the questions and to, you know to ask people to think about um how the world is today and how the world is proposed to us for tomorrow how the world is presented and by you know the the powers that be, I should say, um, and therefore, you know, people need to ask themselves where, uh, where, how our future wants, you know, to be, um, uh, to be in the next, you know, few years, in the next few decades, and you know, um... I
3: think it's, you know, it's like posing questions like, where is the line? Is there a line? Should there be a line? You know, have we? Uh... Have we gone too far and or we haven't we gone, you know,
1: far
2: enough?
3: Yeah, far enough. It's uh just, just a little bit of a social critique, I would say, and trying to come up with you know answers and counter-suggestions to try and help and show people, you know, that there might be a, a more humanitarian way into doing things and putting and putting us as humans, you know, on the forefront, rather than believing in any uh, idea that is, like Mariana Mariana said, that is proposed to us, and that is, um, you know, spoon fed to us, you know, it's all about diving back into who we are, where we came from, and, you know, where should we go as people.
0: I actually love that they're very it's a very important topic that you know should be at the forefront of people's minds you know instead of being uh like you said turned into sheep and just following what we're told and spoon fed you know it's it's uh it's something that a lot of people don't really think about as well and it's surprising but you know when you're when you have such ideas how do you transfer them into songs how did you guys approach the songwriting
2: Um, I think in that part, the most challenging thing, you know, is to um, try to find the correct way to put all that stuff in the lyrics Um, because, you know, uh, metal music is quite aggressive and, you know, can express a lot of, you know, um, dark emotions, a lot of, you know, anger, a lot of, you know, rebellion and, uh, you know, desperation. Uh, But how do you put that in a way that, uh, uh, you know that inspires people, and you know that is not like a a cheesy uh, line that you um that you put on a song just you know to get the attention. Um, and for it- me, it needs to be you know like it needs to have a deeper meaning. Um, and uh, you know uh so far um uh we have uh, we have like a process between the audience and I that you know that we talk about a subject that you know is going to be the main theme of the song and uh, um, we just share ideas we just uh, have long conversations and from that from those conversations for me I just you know um, uh, for me I I pick some you know um, words not even you know whole phrases but some words and then for a magical reason uh, that can be transformed into like a full blown, uh, you know, song with lyrics that, uh, you know, um, just express exactly what we have in mind.
3: It's about, you know, it, I think it's about giving, you know, the right person the right amount of stimuli to help him work. Like for me, I'm a very um, conscious, you know, socially conscious person. And in order to, convey those things to Mariana I need I need to have a sit down with her and you know just go over things and just uh, have her you know like spitball with me and just go back and forth and see what kind of you know tickles you know a nerve that will help her get, in, get get inspired I do the same thing you know with Philip and with Jay or other members it's, it's all about you know making people understand what we are going for but in order to be honest and you know be artistically honest i guess it's you have to let you know your people be themselves you know you cannot control them into playing what you want what you want them to play because that will be just a one-sided thing and then it's just an opinion but when you help you know when you help people follow the same path but still uh, retain some individuality then you have a group effort rather than you know a a, a solitary opinion that creates a much much more you know powerful message so it's all about getting the getting on the same page and be very understanding of and be in agreement with each other of what we want to do and I guess you know for me musically it's it's a whole different thing because I don't touch lyrics that much. I, I think, you know, in in one EP and two records right now, I've only like written some lyrics like twice or something. It's just a very low effort on my part because I think that that would, you know, mess with uh, With, you know, Mariana's uh, message. And when you have such a strong vocalist with such a strong message, you, you know, if it ain't broke, you don't want to fix it. So, uh, for me, it's all about conveying the emotion and setting, you know, the emotional bed for Mariana to do her thing musically. So it's all about, you know, writing riffs and synths and, you know, coming up with arrangements and compositions that will spark, you know, that fire into my bandmates to be on the same page and make, you know, an idea the best that it can be. Sometimes, you know, sometimes just come up with songs and nobody touches them and they're just ready because we all agree that this is a great thing. But other times, you know, I might be, you know, this is a a little rough. This is where I'm going. And we just all jump and We work together but the main thing the you know the goal is what is the original vision stay true to that and never waver off you know it's just follow 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 the vision until it's you know until the job is done
0: yeah yeah and you know it's been a couple of months now since it was released how was it received how has the reaction been i think it's You know, I think it's been
3: great so far. I mean, so
2: far so good, thankfully. Um, Feedback
3: is very, you know, it's very positive. Uh, People seem to enjoy it very much, which is, you know, something that I'm always quite happy about because, you know, nowadays, you know, and I understand people, you know, and musicians trying to say that I just put it out in the ether and then I just don't deal with it at all because, you know, the internet comments and all that stuff. I genuinely, you know, also tend to, uh, not dwell on negativity that much, but I'll be you know, I'll be remiss if I didn't say that you know, I want people to like my music and I'm very happy, you know when people like my music and I want them to like it and it's it's, it's something that I th- you know I think about I want them to have fun with it I want I want them to be inspired by it. So it's for me, I don't know about Mariana. for me it's you know, it's been great so far, and and uh, really what happy.
2: what yeah, and what I like uh, the most is you know the fact that uh, people realized there was like a, a a change in our sound and you know like um, a level up I should say and what we want to do musically and uh, for me you know um, the best comment is uh, that you know I, uh, anybody can give me is that you have an element there that. Anybody can, you know, that everybody can uh, can relate, can relate to, yeah. Um, I think the fusion of, you know, of different styles and of different elements is something um, that, you know, that is uh, being even more prominent as we, you know, as we move uh, on um, musically, and uh, you know, it's our um, it's our goal to 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 just Fuse as many things that we like as possible because we do like a lot of things, and uh, but do that in a cohesive and uh, you know and unified way just to create that project renegade sound.
0: I gotcha, I gotcha, you. and you know once you guys release a big body of work like that, are you the type of band that kind of sit back and let us kind of go out into the ether for a while, or are you straight away thinking about the next project? Oh, I think I think, I
2: think we are the type of band that has already written a couple <laughs> of songs before the album is even released <laughs> for the next one, you know <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
2: we write constantly i mean uh, we uh, there is a joke that uh, you know runs in the band that we always say oh we're not going to do another album because it's too much hassle it's too many songs we are we're not going to do we're not going to do that again uh and you know the next You know, after a couple after a few months you have like 10 songs and you're gonna say, Okay, we're gonna have an album. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, the
3: thing the thing that time was like we we wrapped things up and we were like, Okay, so we're just doing singles from now on. I'm not writing, you know, and two songs at the same time. Ain't happening, man, I ain't doing it, and then we just have like 15 songs ready and we're like, ah shit. (laughs) I guess we're doing another album. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we we are maniacs, dude. I mean, I specifically can't seem to wrap my head around, you know, like chilling, you know, mm. <laughs> just just taking it easy for for you know for a little bit. I I do want to go in, like you know, when a record when a record's done, I do tend to have the feeling of you know going in hiding, you know, away in hiding <laughs> for like a couple of years, but. After like a month, I get so fidgety and anxious, and you know, like I gotta do something. I gotta do something.
0: (laughs) You have to scratch that itch, huh? Yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly, I have to scratch that itch.
0: Oh, man. And I suppose at this stage, so we'll uh, we'll give the listeners a sense of some of your early influences to give them a sense of where you come from. Now, it's a bit of a tricky one, but can you remember your earliest musical memory?
3: I've seen a video where my dad, my dad uh, is an architect and he was working late hours. And when me and my sister were babies, he used to like come home and play some, you know, some jazz and, you know, just not a lot of heavy music, although he's a big rocker and because he didn't want to wake us up, but I would always wake up. And there is, there's this video of my dad listening to John Coltrane and I'm just, you know, crawling on my, you know, on my hands and feet going up to him. And just when the song uh, starts, I just turn around in my back and just you know, start laughing like, you know, like crazy. And I was like, I don't know, two, two or three years old, or something like that. So that I, I remember like my parents always telling me that, you know, music always spoke to you even since you were you know since you were a baby. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I don't remember that I've seen that. I don't remember it though, but i am I'm, I'm have of this very vivid memory of like, me and my dad just you know like rocking out and dancing to like the class and sex pistols and like you know uh you know the whole like british punk movement at the time with you know that was coming out and just my dad you know being very into that and like the stones and you know classic rock and me just being just vibing with it a lot and just hitting you know pots and pans and you know pretending you know that a spoon is a guitar and you know just all these things and but the first time i said to myself you know what i'm just gonna play the drums uh, i think i was nine years old and just I think, Lim, I think Limp, I think Lim Biscuit came on the, on, on MTV and I just saw John Otto, you know, just, you know, bashing his drums. And I was like, that guy's like the coolest, you know, effort ever. And I was so like set on becoming, you know, drummer and just stuff like that, you know, like local concerts that was, they were taking us. I remember, you know, like seeing, uh, you know, like rock bands and thinking it was very cool. And, You know, dancing, dancing to music was a big part of it. I used to, you know, love dancing into, you know, to music when I was a child. So I guess, yeah, I'll just say, I'll just say, you know, me like rocking out to the Sex Pistols with my dad, I guess it's the earliest memory of me, like, you know, realizing that, wow, there's this thing like called music and it's powerful and amazing. And I just want to move to it and, you know, act crazy. I like it. I like
0: it. It's a good one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um for me it was um I I remember you know when we, when I was uh, like a little uh child uh, there used to be um uh like a gift when you when you bought a newspaper there used to be like a, some albums that were like a gift with the newspaper every time you would buy it and I remember having you know different types of music um in uh, our home Uh, back then from Latin to Greek music to classical music and then you know when I was really 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 young like five years old um, I started uh, you know taking piano lessons and you know I started listening to a little bit of you know like uh, classical music mostly uh, around that time Um, and you know I didn't used to back then you know just I, I listened to everything that was, you know, that, that, you know, was playing in my house. So I didn't have like a, a specific genre that, you know, I liked. But, you know, coming, you know, on my teen years, I, I felt the need just to, to, that's how I remember it. I felt the need for something more. I felt so, that, you know, I needed to, I had, you know, um, I should say darker feelings or more angsty feelings. I don't know. And I couldn't find, you know, the right type of music that could express what i was feeling back then and uh, you know then i started i remember also my dad telling me that he used to um that his favorite band was pink floyd oh. and uh you know uh i said okay let's try and listen a little bit to pink floyd and then queen and then uh, ramones and uh, you know i i started you know um you know, exploring those bands and those bands led me to something else, and then something else. And you know, the you know, next thing you know, I'm buying a System of a Down uh, <laughs> album, um, and you know, watching you know, like the. Uh, headbangers ball on MTV and yeah, uh, the, heavy yeah. metal, the heavy metal, you know, uh, shows and
3: that was also a big thing. Yeah, and
2: uh, yeah. yeah, and I was always, you know, whatever they proposed, I just want to, you know, to go get that album. Yeah, just blindly. <laughs> just, just,
1: <laughs> just, just, <laughs> what, that,
2: what that was, but I want to buy that album, and you know, um, I started uh, making that like a hobby. I Remember, you know, going down to the to the. Album store and you know just browsing, um, you know the the cover art and seeing you know yeah. the different bands and yeah. you know once in a every two weeks I don't know you I could give uh, you know like my uh, pocket money and buy one album, so uh, I think that you know I mostly got uh, involved in the heavier type of music when I was like a teenager um but you know i was always close to music i was always listening to music i remember you know um uh, me playing uh, uh you know piano concerts when i was really little so uh i should say that in any um period of my life i was like you know always um involved with something musical be it you know uh, an instrument or you know vocals
1: mm.
0: Right, right. I have to say, you made me uh, you unlock the memory for me that I haven't thought of in a long time. That whole going down to like the record shop and looking at the album art covers to decide what you would buy. I actually kind of feel a bit sorry for the generation today that they don't actually have that.
2: Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. And you, and you know what? I was thinking the same thing. And also, I just want to add
3: that, you know, do you remember back then you just every album you bought wasn't just you know i'm just gonna go and buy an album it was like an investment and it mm. had to be good you know you had to like it because you you were gonna buy the next one in like a month or like a two weeks from then and you just yeah. put it on and either you just vibe with it and it was amazing and you know like in, you know, uh, beautiful in all its glory or if it would like suck or whatever, you would like, oh, no, you know, like I have to spend like two weeks and to get another one. And you just, you know, you went through the booklet and you just read all the linear notes and the thank you notes and, you know, whatnot.
2: And you knew each and every song. You you have spent time with each and every song and heard uh, and listened to it like a lot of times, you knew how it went. You knew the lyrics. I don't know if today is that uh, is that the type of process that you know that the younger generation. Was, I don't think know. they.
3: I don't think they consume music that much. I don't even think music means to them, you know, that much because they don't have that connection. I think it's more something that follows and and reaches you know, uh, new visual stimuli nowadays. Or maybe
2: we're too old and not understand. Yeah, yeah,
3: (laughs) Yeah, maybe we're we're in the dam of the old box now. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: And, you know, growing up then, what was your local music scene like and how does it compare to today? I know specifically on this show, the Greek music scene isn't uh, a scene we'd get too much insights into.
3: I mean, uh, there was always uh there are always bands, and you know they, and nowadays they do a like pretty good job uh back then it was mostly you know um, either like black metal, you know, like we have one of the strongest black metal scenes in like Europe or something. I've read that, you know. In our research, that we have, you know, like so many like black metal bands, apart from Sweden or something, or like Finland, mm. and we also have a very strong hip hop culture and uh, very in a very strong punk scene. So for us, diving into all those different genres of, you know, extreme music, you were kind of an outsider because you. Uh, like say you know for myself, where you know I'm not like the biggest black metal fan, and only know know like you know a couple of bands that I enjoy, and uh, you know I enjoyed the punk scene a lot, but you know not so much. I, I don't think it has evolved that much as you know punk music has evolved. You know in the in the rest of the world and. So you you are you were a little bit of an outcast, you know. You were feeling a little bit here and a little bit there, but not you know not quite. And and you knew, and they knew, and you just you know you have all these all these people that you know they have a strong you know like scene in their genre, but it's not very um, it's not very you know. Uh, there is not that thing of you know like fusion and crossover that goes on. The, that that doesn't happen that much now. There you can literally count the those bands into the palm of your one hand. And it's you know after after that you know those kind of trends died down. The the stoner rock and prog metal scene just Uh, blossomed into what it is today but then again that still happens for like the better part of 20 years so it's for us it's very stale and something that we stopped enjoying a long a long time ago and you know there is this need for something new it's a scene that evolves very slowly, for me at least, this is my personal opinion. I know that a lot of people like this music, they do enjoy it and by no means I am uh, taking a shot at them. Uh, I appreciate what they are doing. But you know, for people like me who want something new all the time, it's very hard to kind of dig into your own place and find new stuff. It's, you know, right now it's all about, you know, either prog metal or stone or rock and it's been like that for 20 years. And, you know, some people have had enough, some people enjoy it. So it's kind of, you know, kind of divisive, kind of, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh, I guess, you know, here or, here or there, but um, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of bands are you know uh, assembled by a good group of people and so you know my hats uh, and my respect is off to them but i do think we you know we need something we need more variety
2: yeah i agree also that we do need a, uh, a lot more variety and for me it's uh, the, the biggest problem is that we do not keep up with uh, With the times and how the music evolves and how, you know, the world, um, responds to the new types, the new genres that are coming out, uh, coming out. And, you know, um, uh, and how things are progressing, you know, in the big markets like the UK, like the US. Um, we are a little bit, you know, um, uh, a step or a few steps behind that and we always seem to like catch up when it's too late i think yeah and that's why the there are bands who like like us i i i, suppo- I um i think that there are uh, a lot of bands like us here in Greece that you know that keep up with the uh with the times but do not have like the platform to uh to go out and uh, uh you know spread their music and you know um gain some you know um fun, you know and build their fan base because they do not have uh, a place right now because, like Odie said, we are pretty much a a two genre type of you know of uh, local scene.
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, also for me, the biggest uh, disadvantage is that uh, there are no uh, there are literally like a handful of appropriate places to play here. Uh,
3: yeah, you got like uh, out of uh, from the top of my head, like
2: two or three, two or
3: uh, three clubs you can play.
2: Yeah in the in the whole country um, oh my god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that uh, where
3: you can have you know on a, pro- a proper show Show, yeah.
2: You know. oh, yeah. So, yeah um and that is uh like a big uh um a big mistake because there are so many bands you know greek bands are so 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 many i think we have uh you know like i don't know like
3: Countless bands. So they're them, countless. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and if and you keep up with the scene, it's like you can, you have so much stuff to sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really cool if you're, if you're a music fan. But that's the thing. It's, uh, they're coming out the woodwork, you know, it's like the, you know, let's play, you know, what well, this band, you know, had success playing that. So, you know, another 30, or 30 bands, you know, do the same thing. And it's they, there's not a lot of, you know, boundary pushing, which is definitely something I'm all about. You know, I I love going, how can we take this further? You know, how can we make it, you know, more off the wall and more of, you know, and crazier and just gnarly, you know?
2: And, you know, it's uh, difficult to, you know, have uh, professional bands uh that will be able to showcase their music to the world if you don't give them uh you know the chance to become professionals. If you always treat musicians like they're amateurs or like uh hobby bands that you know like uh teenage bands that want to you know uh just uh do, do their uh, thing do their thing and it's okay nothing's gonna happen from that point on and that that is not okay because there are people who are actually striving to become professional musicians and I believe that if, you know, if the industry, the Greek music industry took the metal bands a little bit, you know, in a more serious way, I should say, and, you know, uh, help them build um, their uh, professional, um, you know, output to the world, you would, you would hear a lot more from, uh, you know, from our scene, I believe.
0: Yeah, very true. Very true. And, you know, for any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? Lay it all out for them if you can.
3: Well, you know, we we started out pretty, you know, pretty hardcore. It was like, you know, we had, we barely had instruments to play, at the, you know, when we started. So it was like, Okay, you have to compete with all those bands that have lights, video walls, and they're playing together for like 30 years and or whatever. And we were like, okay, we don't have all of that and we have to give them a show. So we are going to be the show, you know. So we are pretty if I say if I may say so, you know, myself, we're pretty relentless out there, you know, Mariana is, you know, very engaging and just, you know, jumps off into the crowd and, you know, jumps the barricade and goes in there. And it's, you know, the guys are like going crazy, jumping up and down on the stage. I do my, you know, I do my best to, you know, give, 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 you know, my all playing all this, you know, complex music while maintaining, you know, some showmanship out there, you know. Because you don't have all those, you know, like, uh, how should I say, all those props. And so you're going to have to become the visual stimuli for someone to be this band, you know, be like, this band rocks, dude, it's an amazing experience, you should see them live. And we got that because we dove into the bands that we liked and we saw that they were kind of doing the same thing they were saying well we don't have anything so we have to give 110 percent." because you know you can go and see act you know famous band x and famous band c and y and literally if you just look at the guys in the band they're just standing still dude they're just standing still and behind them it's like a whole Christopher Nolan movie playing with lights and whatever, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like I'm seeing interstellar, but like this band is playing and uh, and we do, you know, we recognize that and and good for them because they are in a level where, where they can be like, well, I can chill in that part and let, you know, the, the light designer do its thing and it's still going to be amazing for the crowd. It comes with being, you know, a professional band, but we're not in that stage, so they can uh, they can, uh, I guess they. You no, know, I guess they can definitely look forward to poor people being very engaging and being very in their faces and being very ready to just party and throw down. And if you are, you know, and if you are not into it, then that's not the show for you. We just give, you know, literally blood, sweat, and tears in there. And if you don't want to give blood and you know blood, sweat, and tears back. It's not gonna be a situation for you. We we are coming there. We are hungry, you know, and we want to uh, and we want to play, entertain, meet people, connect with people, and and make people a part of our family because we believe in who we are as people and what we do and what we are all about. So it's. They can I think they can await, you know, an intense experience. That's yeah. what I would just yeah. say. Uh, but and you know, but a very raw one, you know, it's not yeah.
2: an intense and high energy experience. You know, there is movement and head headbanging and jumping and you know and uh, you know engagement with the crowd. Uh, it's just uh, you know, like a, a heavy metal show and, you know.
3: How it uh, how it should <laughs> how, how it, for yeah. me it should how it should be in its you know in its raw form where people just like have this angst and all this you know energy that they want to release but you know without all the bells and whistles I would say not to say that if we were if we were not in that position we wouldn't have it I mean when we do have the luxury of you know bringing a light designer in we we are but we. Even even then we are, we you know we have that conversation of okay let's not forget even if it's ten people down there or ten thousand people down there we're still gonna play like it's ten thousand people out there so you know the lights can do their thing you know the front of house guy can do his thing but we are coming to absolutely destroy. <laughs>
0: I have to say, with it being so high energy and intense, how do you guys prepare for it? How do you rehearse? Do you put the same energy into your rehearsals? Yeah, yeah exactly. We, we
2: cannot do it any other way because when you try to do that stuff only on stage, it's not going to work because the body, for me at least, the body needs to be conditioned uh, in the way that you're going to perform on stage. Uh, if I have to sing and head back at the same time, I cannot try that for the first time on stage. So, So every rehearsal is like a live show here. We are sweaty in the end of it. We want to, you know, just go sleep because we are super tired. But yeah, that's the way that we are on stage is the way um, that we rehearse. And most of the time on stage is the conditions are better than you know where we are you know where we are rehearsing I mean at least most of the times, it's not that hot
3: yeah I mean, it's like it's a never it's a never it's a never ending cycle and I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that the experience where we it just goes on and on and on and never stops and I'm very very tired
0: <laughs> <laughs> right and you know you've shared the stage with a long list of acts including Slipknot Evanescence Sepultura and Bullet for my Valentine. When you're playing with bands on that level, what do you learn?
3: Oh, for us, it's a field trip. Literally, it's yeah. okay. you know, we did our thing, you know, glad the guys liked it. But now we have to just cool off and just like you said, go and see Bullet for my Valentine, go and see Slipknot, see, you know, literally pick their their show apart and see what we can do, what we cannot do, how they do things. and you know, how can we get into that level? For me, the main thing that, you know, um, I, I've learned working from all those bands uh, is, uh, you know, what it really means to be professional. Professionalism can go such a long way in this business. And you see those people that, you know, they're, you know, strict on their schedules and they, have certain routines that help them, you know, perform and just go out there and kill it every day. Because, like we said before, we we do a rehearsal and then I just want to go and die for like three days. <laughs> and those people have to do it the next day. So you talk to them and you just have conversations with them, and they and most of the time they're very welcoming people. They just want to share their wisdom and their experience. So for me, it's I think the thing that I've learned that is most precious to me is, you know, be professional, be on time, be ready on time, give it your all, take care of, take care of yourself and your body and your, and your mental and physical health. You're going to have to do this a lot. Um, be Be fearless. It's something that I think it's a great lesson that I've learned from all these people like never second guess who you are or what are you trying to say if it's true to your heart people are just gonna talk smack you know all day you're just gonna have to believe in your vision and you and you know in your dreams and just you know never stop keep doing it people appreciate the bands that are you know there you know not the three-year band that just follow a fad and they kind of have some buzz and success, and they just go away because they cannot do anything else. They just, if you are, you know, if you are there and if you keep at it, you know, you'll get a, Eventually, you'll get that, you know, rite of passage, and people will, you know, come just to see you, not just to come come see you open for someone.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, and for me, it's uh, you know, it's always very interesting to to watch the production behind the stage. Yeah, that's because, amazing. Um, you know, for such famous bands, uh it's always, you know, they, they do um they do have their production team and it's how they uh, are able to do what they do day after day and you know maintain such a you know a good level of uh, you know of performance and you know of playing their instruments. And it's amazing to see, you know, um how how you know those stuff are organized and you know uh how many people need to help the musicians in order to you know um let them do their thing because when musicians tend to do a, more things than they should that you know takes a little bit out of their performance energy i should say and um You know, seeing how those uh, bands, you know, have their team and how they trust their team and how their teams work behind the stage for them, you know, to be able to be in their best shape and go out there and, you know, uh, give the one hell of a show. um, It, you know, uh, that is very, you know, um, interesting and, uh, you know, um, Um, educational.
3: And might I add just one last thing that came to mind, but we were talking about it. Also, uh, be responsible. And by responsible, you know, by responsible, I mean, you uh, automatically become uh, somewhat of a public figure. And people will, will, you know, cling on to what you do and what you say. So if you are, because, you know, we've we played with a lot of bands and some of them are very, you know, uh, sociable, I should say, or, you know, they're very friendly and, they will come and just hang out for like fifteen minutes, an hour or whatever, maybe all day. And that thing, if you are a smaller band or you are a fan, that can go so far for you. It can inspire you and it can help you. Yeah, even you know, even even grow as a person and you know keep doing what you're doing or just just play old you know, like made your make make your day. But some of those bands that are not like that, it can be, you know, and I don't mean just not coming out of your van or whatever because you want to rest or something. I'm talking about, you know, someone just who wants to just say hi and just straight like blowing them off. That can be, you know, like really heartbreaking for someone. So you have to understand that in the end, you're here to express yourself artistically try you know to figure out life through music but also to make people you know have a great day and have a great night and have you know create good memories with them so you have to be responsible you have to think twice before you want to make that choice of you know oh well i cannot do this right now because you know what in my honest opinion you have to do it you have to say hi you have to sign that thing you have to Hey guys, just you know, like I heard your band. I heard your band, and you know, like I might might not have seen you, but I've heard some 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 something there, and you know, it's really cool. Have a nice day. Even that like thirty minute thirty minutes. I'm sorry, thirty second conversation can go so far. And if you are like, and excuse my language here, but if you are a dick, that's you know, hmm. you have to be responsible, man. You have to. You have to know what goes on every, you know, every moment that you're in a festival, you know, or or like a show. Because whether you like it or not, like I said, you're kind of a public figure. So people count on you for something. You have to you have to rise up to the occasion. So yeah, responsibility. I think I've learned a lot, you know, we've learned a lot, you know, about responsibility and being responsible and being aware of what we do and what is the best way to do.
0: it. Yeah, that's a good one, actually, that you don't you don't think about or hear about too often, you know, your your actions will have a massive impact on someone else, be it good or bad. So, yeah. And, you know, your gigs then, when you think about all the gigs that you've played, is there one that sticks in your mind that you like to revisit over and over again as maybe the most perfect show?
3: I think I'll give you top three for me. Mm-hmm. Actually, you want to go first? Yeah,
2: I think it's gonna be the yeah the, the same. Sake. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think I think number one was uh, playing with Evanescence. Yeah, for me, because I mean we grew up with that band. You know, Mariana's like so influenced by Amy Lee, and you know, I'm also like very influenced by this band and their ability to just write hit after hit after hit, and just opening up for them in Ukraine. Uh, in Kiev, with, you know, like 5,000 people, something like that, five and a half, I don't remember, just a sea of people, and just playing there and being like, okay, this is, you know, this is our first big show, and it's really special, and then just look, you know, side stage, and there's like Lee and Will Hunt, and everybody, and they're checking out our band, and it's like, we, I, I remember just freezing up and be like, Jesus Christ! Don't make a mistake now. <laughs> <laughs> don't make a mistake in front of your idols, buddy. <laughs> that won't be a good look on you. And being like very concentrated, then you know, like this whirlwind in my head of like, okay, I'm don't screw this up. But then again, you know, now you're no, now you're tensing up and you're not loose and just you know. In the end, just having this inner monologue with you and your imaginary like, evanescence members in your head like, you know, (laughs) can you guys just please go away? (laughs) (laughs) And then just meeting them and they're being the most kind, down-to-earth, approachable, funny uh, human beings you can ever meet. Just Just, just amazing, just amazing. And I just, I think that's my number one. I think number two was our recent show in Switzerland. Uh, We played the Riverside Festival. And just again, you know, uh, a couple of thousand, you know, people there very into it, very, you know, happy that, you know, they checked out a band that they've never seen before we also tend to you know stay true to our roots and even if it's a festival or you know a club so we tend to uh jump the stage and just go over the barricade and hang for like you know 15 minutes before we go backstage and then come back to the crowd and just say hi and you know mingle with the crowd seeing people very, very excited about us and very, very engaging. So, I mean, I remember Mariana was, you know, giving a speech about one song we have, which is about uh, about nature and, you know, preserving our planet. And I just started doing the wave and everybody were just was just doing the wave and Mariana turned around because she didn't know why people were doing the wave. <laughs> <laughs> but you know just the craziness all around great great so amazing um amazing production all the people they're very very kind people and finally I, w- I think I'd say opening up for booklet for my valentine
1: yeah
2: because that was our first big that show. was our
3: first big show yeah very, in, very, our, very first. in our hometown which is quite stressful because you know you want to make your people proud you know and you you want them to uh, recognize you as a legit band that, you know, all its trials and tribulations are, you know, accepted. And now you've made it to the big stage and they accept you and stuff. So I'll also say that, but man, I'd, I'd be remiss if I say that, you know, playing with Sepultura, Slipknot and Ginger wasn't, you know, fun as, you know, fun as hell. I mean, yeah,
2: it was fun as an event, but not fun, you know, when uh, when the conditions because, you know, yeah, uh,
3: it was so hot. It was like almost like passed out. Yeah,
2: well, people, it was like 50 degrees on stage. So yeah, it was, it like, was it, not fun to be on that stage. Yeah, I
3: mean, it was, it was survival mode. It was like, yeah, OK, yeah. we have like half an hour. Just survive. Literally, it's like 50 degrees. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to move. You know that I remember the red the red cross told me like you cannot go up with that mask you're gonna die and I was like well I'd rather die on the stage or whatever <laughs> <laughs> just being super dramatic but yeah that's it for me I don't know about you
2: yeah I agree these are my top three uh, festivals and uh, slash concerts you know we have ever. Uh, played but you know it's it's a show is different i really liked also what we did you know uh, the Athens show that we did last november it was uh one of the biggest headline shows that we've done here in our uh, uh in our hometown and that was really fun because uh because oh we yeah watch. right
3: man i forgot about that that was a fun show yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, you know because you you have your own fan base uh down there and you know people know your lyrics and you know they uh, they are so they want to you know to share the moment with you so much and you know um it's it's also fun when we play larger sets you know duration wise because we have more time to um engage to engage with them and to you know uh play be a little bit more playful with the dynamics of the show also and that i think i believe it creates a different you know kind of atmosphere because when you have like 30 or 40 minutes on stage, you just want to go with the bangers and, you know, with the high energy only uh, songs. But when you have like one hour or 75 minutes, you can also do the um, kind of, you know, more spacey thing or the more, you know, um, emotional stuff, you know, uh, somewhere in your set. And that is also, you know, something yeah. really interesting interesting and something that I enjoy very much.
3: But I do think that you should all also, you know, it's uh, I think it's Imperative that you, not that you, but maybe, maybe I should do it. But you know, like I think the Evanescence show was for Mariana, something that was very cool, you know. Yeah, like, for sure. Emily was like the first heavy concert that you went to, something mm-hmm. like that, you know, like uh-huh. seeing about Ev- Emily. With yeah, yeah, it was, uh,
2: the, the very it was first, a full
3: circle moment.
2: Yeah. Uh, I was like really, really, really uh, impressed by, you know, um, going to a rock show like a you know uh a, a higher energy show on my own when i was like a teenager um and it was really like a, a huge revelation to me to see um a woman on stage and you know see her head banging and see her you know become sweaty and you know uh, uh you know give kicks here and there and uh, you know being so um so so you know, so uh so herself and so not so polished, I should say. Because yeah. the singer, the female singers I've seen, uh, you know, right up to the to that moment were you know like a little bit more polished, a little bit more, you know, um how to say, uh yeah.
3: I, I I I do believe this they still are a bit that way, like they are more crystallized, I should yeah. say. And yeah. she's not afraid to get like down and dirty. And you I know? said,
2: okay, so. You know, we can do that. I want to do that. And, you know, uh, uh, some years later, um, playing with them. And, you know, it was surreal. It was literally a, a dream come true, a full circle, you know, starting somewhere and then, you know, getting um, to play, uh, you know, in the same show with uh, with your one of your favorite artists. I mean, I don't know. I feel very lucky and very, you know, yeah very lucky to be able to say that i have experienced that
3: yeah i mean it's a testament to that band like i remember mariana approaching Emily like very you know very cautiously like you know he's saying like a like a bodyguard gonna jump on me or whatever and <laughs> and she just turned around and gave like mariana like the biggest hug i've ever seen no joke oh. the, mm. yeah like such a sweet person uh, the, This is what I was saying, you know, That that's what we were saying before about responsibility. You get something like that, you Mm -hmm. get like one of your idols, not even like recognizing you, but being so friendly, like hugging you and staying with you and talking about stuff. You know, you're over the moon. You just want to, it helps you. It gives you energy to do that for 25 years, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that would be a good example of just imagine if she had been the complete opposite that yeah. would have almost destroyed your dreams
2: yeah yeah that is true that is true that's uh, why some people do not want to you know meet their idols and yeah. i i understand that because you know if you get disappointed you know like your whole world crumbles you know everything you've believed on in you know um i understand that but thankfully it wasn't that uh, the case uh with evanescence and i'm really really really
0: uh, happy about that yeah yeah and you know i always say we have to have the good with the bad so without naming names now is there a gig in particular that stands out as maybe the worst experience you've had and how did you overcome it
1: <laughs>
2: yes
3: there is one <laughs> oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> how much time do you have <laughs> <laughs> you know for me it's Definitely, you know, like humble beginnings, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like drum sets and falling over and guitars not working and you know being absolutely ridiculed in front of people. It's always something hard, but you, you know, it makes your makes your skin strong, you know, thicker, and you turn you tend to learn from you know all of that and how to handle yourself in a situation like that, uh, even on the big stage, but. I I remember a show in uh Belgium that that was just a disaster. It, the production was oh my god, it was absolute, you know, absolute shit man. Like they they didn't they had half a drum set and they and they didn't and they didn't see my rider where I would mentioned that I wouldn't bring a drum set, you know, uh, for myself. And they would just, they were like calling local people that played drums to just borrow, you know, like a snare drum or like a floor tom, or do you have a cymbal stand or whatever. And I remember like one of the cymbal stands were from a junior, you know, from like a kid's drum set. And <laughs> it was just, awful 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 Just i remember talking to marianne afterwards and going this is the lowest of my lows (laughs) i've i've hit rock i've hit rock bottom i know what it's like i'm stronger for it but this is just so you know this is rock bottom for me i've never been more embarrassed angry and um just Pissed off at a promotion in my life. Never mind. In yeah, yeah. And then there was uh, then there was a show where you know I was very eager to meet you know one of my uh, favorite bands, and they just you know they were, they weren't having it, and it kind of ruined the band for me. It's very hard for me to listen to their you know to their most like recent outputs. It's very. I cannot bring myself to it because it's that thing where you know I also learned from that and like in Switzerland we uh, we went we were playing on the twenty eighth and on the twenty seventh seventh or something like that uh, like I said before like Lim Biscuit was playing and their one their band that's like full of my heroes you know I appreciate everyone in there but you know I've heard all the rhetoric like they're the most Gracious people on earth. No, they're douchebags or whatever. And I'm like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't care. They inspire me to do what I do, so I don't want to know. It's okay. I just want to go see them live, you know, party and just uh, go home. But that show, yeah, that was really hard for me to just see people that inspired me, you know, pick up the sticks, just being like, yeah, just go. (laughs) Not only that, but literally go out of their way to sabotage every small band in playing the show. Yeah, like I remember the crew coming over and be like, oh, let me see your like in ears. Oh, well, you cannot use that. And it was like, well, why? Because that model doesn't is not compatible with our models. And we are risking a malfunction, you know, it, you know, like thing or whatever, and just our, our front of house guy being like, Yeah, this makes no sense. You're just straight up lying right now. And just, you know, really big leaking everyone. And just me being so, so like shattered, like, so it's like, I was like, It's you guys. You don't need to do that. Like, so many people are, you know, are here to see you, and you just, care about my little old band? Like, what are you so afraid of, dude? <laughs> like yeah. if I if I was you, I would probably be like, hell, play louder than me. Play like you know, they were like DB limits. You have to play with a 90 decibel db limit and with a low cut so you don't have any bass in your sound. It's like uh, come on dude like there's no the first yeah it's like if I was in your place I would be like where are all the small bands? You get to play like 10 dB louder than me. Go kick some ass, guys! Like gain, you know, gain the crowd. I'll I'll already yeah. gain it. I don't have to try. Yeah, like that's the on, way it man. should be. Yeah, I mean, like it's, be gracious, dude. Come on, you you you've reached the pinnacle. It's you're there. Just don't don't be a dick, man. Don't be a dick. It's not it's not nice. Like we said before, it's responsibility. Be responsible, man. Those people look
0: up to you. Come on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Mariana, is there one for you?
2: Uh, for me, it was also the Belgiums uh, Belgium show that got said, because you know when the drummer suffers, the whole band suffers. <laughs> <laughs> there's something that I've learned, you know, the hard way. Um, yeah, there were a lot of you know technical problems with that uh, show. It, I don't, I don't understand how that show, you know, even happened in the end. Because I remember, you know, uh, Odie, he, uh doing a um uh sound check on the snare and the snare uh, the snare head breaking. And he told me that we have a broken head. Uh, yeah,
3: we have a broken head and we need to either change head. And we or... cannot
2: change it because they do not have
3: Yeah, uh, spare one or whatever. spare one.
2: Uh, so we're gonna play with a with a with a snare that has a broken head so and I said yeah, that's
1: that, cool yeah, man. <laughs>
2: that's gonna you know go very well
1: mm. uh <laughs> <A. laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: for yeah for me that was uh, i think the the worst show that we've ever played uh other than that mm I think one of the first, per, very first shows that we did. Maybe it was the second or the third. I, I'm not quite sure. Before I had, uh, in uh, yeah, in years. Um, you know, like I said, here uh, in Greece, there are not, there are not um, suitable places for a heavy metal band to uh, play because uh, the the room is not constructed properly, and you know, you cannot. Uh, the sound is not, you know good in most uh, places here. So in one of our very first shows, the the play that we played uh was so bad and so not right for what we were doing that um that I was just suffering on stage because I was like screaming, trying to hear myself from the from the wedges and uh, I knew that you know this is not how it's supposed to be. so uh. Uh, I was really, really, really bummed out uh, during that uh, show. And from that point, I decided uh, in years for me, uh, because I'm not going to, you know, um, be the one to pay because there are no uh, correct places, no right places here uh, uh, to, you know, in in, uh, Greece to play for a metal band. So, um, yeah, for me, those are the two worst ones. Mostly, uh, I believe that, you know, when we have, when every musician has, you know, like serious technical, uh, uh, you know, problems, uh, it makes uh, our job really, really, really difficult, you know. Um, and, yeah, you, know, you have ups and downs. Your difficult. concentration just breaks and you cannot focus on the show. You're just trying to, you know... Um, deal with technical problems all the time
3: yeah you want everything to run smoothly
0: just you can focus on your playing yeah. the show and in the moment yeah yeah you want to be able to get into the zone
1: yeah yeah exactly
0: and i suppose we better lift the mood a bit after hearing about the worst gigs so how would you guys like to evolve as a band what would project renegade be like in say five years time really good question mm.
3: I want to definitely make our sound more uh, versatile just because I'm a fan of a lot of music and, you know, I do want to have that kind of, like, that, let's just say that, you know, that phenomenon of, you know, going, like, well, you know, What are they going to do next? I'm not so sure, you know. And I do kind of want to see our band doing more outside of music. I want to be in that place, you know, where we can, uh, you know, help with, you know, like charities or help with, you know, help like play places that need, you know, more music and they don't get bands, you know, that come you know they they don't go there. Excuse me, like uh, a lot, and just hopefully, you know, for me, if I if I have a person that uses my music to achieve their dreams, I'm all set, man. You know, this is literally why 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 I do what I'm doing. You know, it's uh, I chose this because this was my dream and. I'm somehow making it, you know, into becoming a a reality and this building is something that is amazing. And so if my output can, in like five years, help people, you know, maybe reach another, you know, level in their lives that they are striving for, and I can be, you know, a helping factor in that, I would be, I would be, you know, I would be so happy, but I do, have a vision of us branching, you know, out as a band and as a musical sound for people to be, you know, like you know, like the previous album was this and now they're gonna do that. And who knows what they're gonna do next. Because I think I just I just I want us to be even you know more you know free and more uh boundless than we already are, just, you know, and whatever, you know, that brings. I just want us to have you. to, yeah, to musically be, just say, yeah, boundless, that would be for me. That's what I want to see. I like it. I like it.
2: I mean, you're so noble. I just want to say with two Grammys and one Oscar. For life, <laughs> I
3: just want to make a boatload of money, David. <laughs> about what you're saying about your artistic boundless I mean, stuff. I just want money. <laughs> uh,
2: no, for real, though. No. I mean, um, what I would like us to do in the next uh, five years is, you know, uh, have a, a more uh constant flow of new music of new material um and uh, be able to uh to tour in places that you know we've uh, never been before uh we want to you know to visit as many countries as possible um and uh, get to know uh more people and get to you know to connect with more people because you know it's time that we you know that you go to uh, a new country it's, I always have like a little, um, uh, I'm, a, I'm always a little bit anxious, you know, what are they gonna think of us? How are they gonna, are they gonna like our music? Are they, you know, gonna hate us? But, you know, when you make that connection, it's like the most wonderful feeling in the world. And I would like that, you know, to 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 reach out and, you know, go to as many places as possible. And like Ovi said, you know, um being able to do that and give back uh to the community and to people who um are in need and need your help uh that is something that uh, that would be amazing to be able to do and you know to to dedicate um to dedicate our uh art and our you know, our efforts into helping people. Because in the end, music is all about, you know, helping people and, you know, giving them um, a friend. For me, that's what, in the end, that's what, I, you know, I want for us, you know, to be a friend to every person that, uh, you know, that is out there and wants to listen to our music.
0: Right. like us. I like it. And before we get into the last couple of questions, then future plans for the rest of the year that are set in stone, any gigs, anything at all you want to share with us?
3: Uh, Nothing that is set in stone right now, because we just come, we just got back from summer touring and we're in the negotiation process of, you know, for all the, you know, winter stuff. So it's kind of pretty early to set everything in stone. We do want to make... I uh, show here in Athens, just like a, you know, like a leash party kind of thing. We're looking to do that. And then just, you know, hitting the road again, maybe, you know, maybe visiting some countries that we never played before because it's, uh, like Mariana said, just, you know, branching out and just not playing the same, you know, cities and countries because we've done that. We know we have fans there and, you know, we know that we have a strong thing going on. But we need to build you know a relationship and make it bigger with you know the rest of the Europe and hopefully the US.
2: Yeah, but to be honest, there is something right now that's going on behind the scenes for something that we've never done before. Um and uh, I really wish that we could share it with you, but it's not um fixed yet. Uh but let's just say no. that um it's somewhere uh it's somewhere
1: near you. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll all keep an eye on your socials so to wait for the announcement. Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: right, right. We'll, uh, we'll dive into the last few questions. So these are a couple of random odd ones, but uh, I'm intrigued to see your answers. If you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be?
1: Wow.
3: I mean, I've all, I, my gut my gut feeling instantly to those kind of questions goes goes to Chester from Linkin Park because I really do miss him, but I, I but I have seen Linkin Park live, so I don't know if I should choose another one. Do you want to go first? Give me some time to think. Yeah.
2: Fred Mercury.
3: Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: mean, a... am I? A
3: dumbass? Of course, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> God, yes. Okay, yeah. I, I'll second
0: that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You can't argue <laughs> with that.
1: Yeah. And
0: the next one. So if you this is where the odd part comes in. If you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be?
3: Hmm. Oh, nice. Oh god, so many choices. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm
3: having oxygen paralysis here. <laughs> <laughs> um 24 hours with a musician,
1: I I like,
3: I I like a good conversation, so I'm just gonna go 7 towns.
1: Nice. Okay. Nice.
2: I will go in a little bit, you know, uh, earlier uh, years, and uh, I would say, um, I'm between two. I'm torn between two. Mm-hmm.
1: It's so hard, though, right? Yeah. <laughs>
2: okay, I would. Uh, I'd like to converse with uh, Mozart. Yeah, because he's he's a uh, music genius, and he must have been a lot of fun to be around.
0: <laughs> That's really thinking outside the box now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went classical, I went classical for a bit, but I was like, I'm just,
3: I'm just gonna stick with rock, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, me, me, me and me Beth, you know, and Beth Owen in the room, going like,
0: "Can you hear me?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and the final one. So I've been told this is very tough. What song would appear on the soundtrack to your life?
3: Oh, you're Ooh. killing me. Uh...
2: Wow! Uh, you know
3: what? I do have the answer to that because they've always said that to me. We have that. We had that conversation before, but I just want to come up with my own answer. That's what I'm why I'm trying so hard right now. Maybe. Uh, you go first. Aya. I don't know.
2: I I am dumbfounded right now. I, I don't know how to talk to <laughs> because uh, because one song that. China, you know has to be capsule buddy. who you yeah, are. yeah yeah yeah
1: um, <laughs> it's so hard Abby. i'm going to go
2: a little bit classical again and uh, because it's the first uh, song that popped in my mind i don't know why um clair oh. de lune by debussy
1: Okay. Wow. The nice. piano
2: version. No. Only the with only just piano. I don't know why. It just just popped in my head. Maybe there is something, you know, behind that. <laughs> there is no reason.
0: <laughs> Has to be that and, one, so and I'm just gonna go with
3: um well you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna go with that. Everybody was kung fu fighting. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like it. I like it. Good choice. <laughs> oh, listen, guys, truly, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed chatting with you now. Oh, thanks, man. Also, it's an honour. Thank honor.
2: you very much. Yeah.